to follow Jesus. And I want to talk to you t- today and over the next couple of weeks about, about discovering your calling, about hearing the voice of God. There's so many voices right now, aren't there? Uh, so many opinions right now, so many people talking right now. We need to really get our thoughts fixed on Jesus so that we can hear what, what God is saying, not what men are saying, um, but what, what God is saying. How many of you want to hear what God is, is saying in the earth? I'm telling you, he's speaking. He's speaking. How many of you still believe God speaks in the earth? I, I, believe, he's, I believe he's always talking, and he wants to say something. So if you have a Bible and you want to, you can turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. If not, we'll throw it up on the screens for you so you can follow along with us today. I want to talk to you today about the unknown self. The unknown self. And, and if you're visiting with us, you're visiting here in the room or you're visiting online, we want to say welcome. Calvary, can we welcome our visitors online and the folks who are in the room today? Thank you for being here. If you want to connect with us, we'd love for you to text the word welcome to the number 423-443-4339, and we would love to connect with you. Jeremiah chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 4 because it's just a bunch of different names in the first three verses. I'm going to start in verse 4. This is what, what Jeremiah says. He says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you, and you must say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you. (laughs) Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. I want to read one more verse to you from Psalm 139, 16. You can just write this down. You don't have to turn to it. It says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So if you think this only applies to Jeremiah, you're sadly mistaken. This applies to every person that God has put his hand on. Are you thankful that God has a plan for your life. Can you put your hands together and just say, thank you, Jesus, that even though it looks out of control, sometimes you have a plan for my life. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We're asking over these next few moments, you would speak so clearly to us. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. He says, before I formed you, I knew you. I knew you. That word knew there is a word that describes an intimacy of relationship. So what God is saying to us today is he's saying, if I knew you before you were formed in the womb of your mother, 
then nothing about you is inconsequential. You were designed consistent with what I know about you. I've told you this before. God doesn't create people, then plans. God has a plan, and then he makes people. As a matter of fact, we see in the book of Genesis how God made a place even before he made a man and he made a woman to be in that place. Because not only does the call of God involve what you do, but it involves a who and a where. And some people miss the call of God because they're so focused on the what, they miss the who. I want to tell you something this morning. I cannot pastor where I choose to pastor. As a matter of fact, I'm not really even called to preach because I can't just show up anywhere I want to and do this. I'm not just called to preach, I'm called to a people. I'm called to you. I'm not just called to pastor, I'm called to be your pastor. I'm called to pastor this church. And if I step outside of that just because my gift says I can, then God won't breathe on what I think I'm supposed to do. God only breathes on what he's called me to do. So don't always follow your gift. Sometimes God wants you to look for a people and a place. Ooh, that's why you can't just pick whatever church you want to go to. I'm mad at this one. I'm going to go to the one down the street today. You don't, just, you don't get to pick that because God has not only called you to do something, but he's called you to a people to do it with. And it only works with those people. Well, that's good news Pastor Rob, thanks for that today. Because I've been running around thinking that I'm so gifted. And why didn't anybody see my gift? It's because nobody who's supposed to see your gift has ever seen your gift. You keep showing your gift to people who aren't supposed to see it. No wonder they can't see it. All right, praise the Lord. So he says, before I formed you, I knew you. Again, you were designed consistent with what he knows about you. Even your deficits are by design. So I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning, don't freak out over your weaknesses. Even your weaknesses are going to contribute to your purpose at some point. <laughs> this is good news, man. So that means this. That means that God is not just sovereign when things go right. God is sovereign when things seem to go wrong because everything God does has a purpose. I said this in one of our services last week. I said that even when God is doing nothing, he's doing something because everything that God does, he does on purpose. So even when you think God is silent, that doesn't mean God is still. Even when you think God isn't listening, that doesn't mean God isn't listening. Even when you don't think God is doing something, God is actually doing something. Because even when God does nothing, he's doing it on purpose. So even when it looks like it's all wrong, God is still in control. That's good news for this time we're living in right now. Can somebody say amen? So there, there are basically four parts of you and me. There is, there's the known self. That's the things you know about you. That's the stuff you can see about you. That's the talents that you know you have. That's the gifts that you know you have. That's the height that you know you have. That's the eye color that you know you have. Not the one your contacts 
tell us you have, but the one you know you have. Then there's the blind self. There's that part of you uh, you don't see, but others see it. There's that part of you that you can't recognize that you've got an attitude, but others see it. You can't tell something is wrong, but everybody else can tell something is wrong. And then there's the hidden self. There's that part of you that nobody in this room knows about. It's your thought life, the things that you don't even divulge to your closest friends or even your spouse. Things you have thought, things you have done in private, things you have done in secret, things that you will never reveal, things about your own nature that you will never reveal to anyone. And then there's the unknown self. It's that part of you that you can't see, your friends can't see, and only God sees it. I want to talk to you about the unknown self because I believe that purpose, real purpose, I believe that the call of God is actually found not in the known self, the blind self, or the hidden self, but it's in the unknown self. And God uses situations and seasons, and he uses his voice to call that out in your life. Listen, Moses didn't see it until he made the biggest mistake of his life. Gideon didn't see it until he was hiding in fear. Paul didn't see it until God's voice knocked him on the ground. David didn't see it until he saw Goliath. Noah didn't see it until God gave him the plans to build something he had never seen for something he had never seen. Joseph didn't know it until he went to prison. Something that God has for you that you can't see about you and nobody else can see about you. Don't let anybody come to you and when, 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 they, when they look at you say, hey, you, you, see, you see Robbie up there? I always knew he was going to be a preacher. Don't let anybody tell you that. That was the last thing anybody saw me doing. I'll never forget when they announced that I was going to be the one who took over the church. I heard laughing in the meeting from the elders. So this is a part of you that people, they, they can't see it. You can't see it, but God sees it. Why? Because before you were formed, I knew you. Sometimes it can stay in there unknown for years. Jesus is 30 years old. He's attending a wedding. He knows that there's something unique on his life. He's got, he's got an extraordinary insight into the scripture that while he was a young man, people would sit and listen to him in the temple in amazement. He was just a boy. No something special is on his life, but he doesn't know everything that he's, that he's capable of, everything that he's, he's supposed to be and do. And he's, he's coming into it. He's growing into his authority. The Bible even says about Jesus that he, he grew in stature and in favor and in wisdom and he grew into all of this. And he's 30 years old. He's at a wedding. And they run out of wine at the wedding. And his mom looks at him and says, hey, son, you need to do something about this. And he says, mom, what are you, what are you talking about? My time has not come yet. Jesus didn't even realize when his first miracle was going to be and what his first miracle was going to be. I'm telling you that there are things that you don't know about you that only God knows about you. 
Things that as you walk with the Lord, as you mature and you grow in favor and in wisdom and in your faith that you are going to see in you that you never knew was even in there. But God did. And God's going to call it out of you. Jeremiah 29 and 11, one of the most famous verses in the history of the world. Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I love this because God says, I know them. He doesn't say, you know them. <laughs> can, I, can, I re- can I just take that off of you right now? That, 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 that part of you that needs to know everything, every single detail that God has for your life, everything that he's going to do. You need to know what he's going to do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And th- you need to know what's going to happen five years from Can I just take that off of you? There are things that are going to surprise you about you in your 50s and in your 60s and in your 70s. You're going to think you were done and you were retired. And in your 80s, you're going to start a business. And this is how God works. He comes along when you think this is the time of my life where I should be doing nothing. And he says, let me give you your greatest enemy to tackle. I love when he comes to Caleb. Caleb is at the end of his life. He was promised a mountain when he was young, but it's years later. And and Joshua comes to Caleb. He says, do you still want it? He said, I'm as ready as I've ever been, young man. He said, I'm ready to take this mountain. The fight of his life 40 years after He was promised. Man, so you're discovering things about yourself as you grow in the Lord. Don't get frustrated with where you are. Don't get frustrated with the season of life you are in. Don't get mad because life didn't work out the way you wanted it to. As a matter of fact, if life didn't work out the way you wanted it to, you're probably smack dab in the will of God. Because it's working out just the way he wanted it to. Listen to me, you don't want life to work out the way you want it to. There's no power in that. There's no supernatural presence and power of God in that. It's just you. So he said, I know, not you. It's, I know is this, this idea that God is providential it's it's this idea that there's there's providence and the word providence just means pro video it it means to see before so this is how god treats his plan for your life he knows it he doesn't always tell you what it is but he will tell you what it does i know the plans i have for you they're good They're not evil. They're to give you a hope and a future. They're there to prosper you. So in other words, God doesn't always tell you what his plan is, but he always lets you know what his plan does. His plan is always to prosper you. Is there anybody thankful today for a God who, maybe he doesn't tell me everything that the plan is, but he tells me what the plan does. And I know that I'm in his will if the plan is doing what the plan is supposed to do. As a matter of fact, the Bible says about Jesus that he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. What that means is before the problem of sin ever showed up, God had already made solution to the problem available. 
Jesus isn't an afterthought. God's not like, well, man, I guess it's getting really bad down there. I guess I'm going to have to do something about it. What should we do? Let's have a committee meeting. Okay, that's a good idea. Let's send Jesus. No, Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Before all of this got started, Jesus was God's plan. I'm telling you, that should give you a lot of comfort right now because before this pandemic started, Jesus already had a solution for you and your family. Abraham and Isaac are getting ready to go up on a mountain and God has asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son. And the Bible says that Isaac looks at his dad and says, Dad, we have the wood and we've got all the stuff for the fire. We've got all the stuff for the sacrifice. But where is the sacrifice? Abraham looks at Isaac and says, let me teach you a little lesson, son. God will provide. I just want you to know something today. I don't know what you're going through. You may be looking around. I've got this. I've got that. But I'm really missing this. I just want you to know God will provide. God will provide. You need to go ahead and speak that into your spirit right now. God will provide. You need to go ahead. Maybe somebody needs to stand up in the room and declare it by faith. You're in a crazy season. God will provide. I know it looks like nothing is coming my way. I know it looks like there's nothing available to me. I know it looks like no doors are opening. I know it looks like everything's looking. But God will provide. I just trust him. He will. How do you know? He will. What's he going to do? He will. How's he going to do it? He will. What's it going to look like? He will. And, and I want you to know, when they, when they get up on the mountain and Abraham is getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, he gets in position to do it. An angel comes and stops him and he looks. And he looks and there's a ram caught in the thicket. I need you to understand this. Whatever God has for you can't get away from you. You don't have to worry about holding it down yourself. Come on, somebody. God has already got it packaged up, ready and waiting. Y'all don't want to mess with me today. This is what happens. God says, Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Before you were born, I I formed you. I was involved in making you. And we're going to talk about this next week. But the reason Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. The reason you know it's God when he calls you is because you've heard his voice before. We're not going to get into that, but I need you to to prepare your heart for that right there. Just so you can write that down. Write this down, maybe in your notes somewhere, just over in the corner. Say, I've heard his voice before. So this is what happens. This is what happens for most of us, right? God calls. Jeremiah does like all of us do. He answers back, and he says, you know, it's a good idea, but I don't know if you've checked my resume. But speaking is not on there. And also, you, call, you called me to say something very important. My age is going to be an issue. So what does he point to? His experience? And he said, I don't have enough experience. I'm too young. Some of you look at God and you say, God, I got too much experience. 
and I'm too old for that. But all of us respond to God. Nobody, I, I just, I've never seen it in my life. Maybe it's happened, but I've never seen it. I've never seen God come to somebody and say, hey, I've called you to this. And they say, you know what, God, I've been preparing all my life for this moment. I'm ready. Whatever. <laughs> no, I've never, like, I got it. I think God avoids those kind of people because they're not in it for his glory. They're in it for all right. So don't be surprised when God calls you if your inability and experience answer. Probably means God is calling you. Because if you think God is calling you and you can do it, <laughs> that's not God. God doesn't ask you to do what you can do. God only asks you to do what he can do through you. God called me and I got this. Okay. I'm sure you do. <laughs> you said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. Isn't it an amazing thing that the people he gave the most to say to, he had to wrestle with them the most to get them to say it? Do you know so much of our relationship with God is wrestling? So much of it is. You got to get comfortable with that. And I, I know, I know, I've told you this before, like, I like wrestling. I like real race, wrestling. I like fake wrestling. I like when they put them in the cages and they jump off the top of the cages and they, I, I like, I like wrestling. I just, I would have, like, like, I love movies like Gladiator. I just like to see guys get in there and just like, ah. I don't want to do it. I just want to watch it. This is too pretty. I ain't messing this up. I'm doing that. Somebody else go in there. You get them big old ears that don't come back down after somebody hits you in the head a few times. Not me. I'm not doing that. But I love, I love that. And most of life with God, is, it's, a, it's a wrestling match. He's calling your wrestling. God, I, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand it all the time. And let me tell you something about God. He doesn't always call willing people. Some of us, he has to keep coming back to us a lot. But here's the thing. God never lets you off the hook because of how you respond. I don't ever see God go to somebody and they say, God, I can't do it. And he goes, you know what? You're right. You can't. Bye. <laughs> I don't see that in Scripture. Every person he goes to, from Moses to Gideon to Jeremiah, and he says, hey, I've got something for you. I can't. No, really, I've got something for you. But I, I, I don't know. No, really, I've got something for you. Maybe. Are you thankful for a God who doesn't give up because you said, I don't think I can, God? He says, no, you can. I'm telling you, he's looking at you today. I don't know what you've done, where you've been, or where you've gone, or how far you've run. God's still looking at you today and saying, hey, I, I still believe you can. 
Matter of fact, I know you can if you'll let me. When Jesus calls the disciples, he doesn't say, follow me and I'll teach you how to fish for men. He says, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. All my responsibility is with God is just to follow. Think about Peter. The Bible says about Peter that even when Jesus was going to the cross and Peter was confused about what was happening, the Bible says Peter followed at a distance. You have to learn to follow through your failure. Even if, even, even though Peter had failed, he still followed. I just want you to know today that you don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. You don't have to have all of the answers. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to look the part. All you got to do is follow, even if it's at a distance for a while, even if it's when you can't see clearly, even, even if it's when you don't believe something, if you just keep following Jesus through your failure, through good days, bad days, when you understand, when you don't understand, just keep following. Just keep following him. It's no surprise that God, when your inability answers, he, he knows. God, I want to inform you of something. I don't know how to talk to people. God's like, no, does Sherlock. Like, <laughs> I knew that. And you know what? That's exactly why I called you. <laughs> Ooh. You got to stop thinking that your criteria for calling and God's criteria are the same. 2 Timothy 1 and 9, he says, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. You got to realize that when God calls you, it's, it's really not about you. It's about his purpose. This isn't a message to come along and give you some sort of like, and try to make you build up in your self-esteem. This isn't like a you go you. You need to discover your true unknown self. No, the, the reason this is important is because your purpose is not really your purpose at all. It's God's purpose. Don't you know, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And now you, now you owe your life to the one who saved your life. saved us, not because of our own works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. God won't quit calling because this is something that he took time to develop. I love this thing about God that he won't move off of you because he didn't create anyone else to do what he called you to do. If he had someone else to do it, there wouldn't be any value to your life, but you were created as a response to somebody's need. So he developed you with a solution that only you have to a problem that only you can solve. You're not just those kids' mom. You're a solution to a problem in the earth. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, 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 you don't, you don't, you listen, you don't understand. You are a shaper of the next generation. Like those kids are going to have issues and problems that only you are called to. I can't be everybody's mom. That's why when God calls, he doesn't call everyone in the room. He calls us by name. Yeah. 
He calls us individually. And the Bible says that he calls his own. Like if there's a bunch of kids messing around acting a fool in this room, I'm not going to yell at your kids. I'm going to be like, Judah. <laughs> Judah's going to stop in his tracks. Your kids might keep running, but my kid is going to come to me because my kid knows my voice and a stranger he will not follow. Sometimes I sit around and think, you know, I've, I've said some of these things to, to really close friends, and I, I'm going to say them to you to help you today. But there have been many times in my life where I wanted to do something else, anything but this, anything but this. And I've told people, I've said, you know, if I did something else, you know, I wouldn't have to live in this bubble that I have to live in because I'm a religious leader. I told our elders the other day, I said, there, there's, there's a lot of pastors and, and, and some, when they fall and, and, and it all gets exposed and people are like, how could a pastor hide that? How could a pastor keep that from people and still get up and preach? It's because, it's because, it's because sir, you don't lose your livelihood if you have an affair. You can keep going to work. He can. So there is a bubble that a person called to do what I am called to do lives in that's unique in the earth. And so if we're not, if we're not careful, we'll start to think that if I did something else, I wouldn't have to live in this bubble. If I did something else, people wouldn't look at my kids and say, oh, preacher's kids. My kids wouldn't live in a bubble. <laughs> Y'all wouldn't see my kids fail and think that I'm incapable as a pastor because my kids fail. Nobody says you're, you're, you're unable to mow lawns or unable to be a lawyer, unable to be a doctor because your kids fail. So there's this, there's this thing that I've lived with and I've, all, I've, I've thought, and it's just been the past couple of years that this is getting clear in my, in my head. God, if I didn't have, if I did something else, my, I wouldn't have to live in this bubble. My kids wouldn't have to live in this bubble. My purchases wouldn't be scrutinized. Size of my house, whatever car I want to drive. I'd get a paycheck just like you and I'd be able to buy whatever I wanted to buy with it if I can afford it. But even if I can afford it, I can't buy it. I feel limited financially. I feel limited. I feel like if I fail, it's all over. I can't tell people who I really am because if they saw, they wouldn't respect. So I've always thought, man, I'm in this bubble. And God, if I would, you, you did this to me. I don't blame y'all. He did this to me. And I'm like, if I could do something else, it would be more lucrative I'd be more free. And God said to me, but I, didn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't breathe on it for a second. See, you, you can think I'd make more money doing this. I'd be more free doing that. But if God doesn't breathe on it. And so many people cannot walk in God's calling because they've created their own. 
Will you stand on your feet with me? So I stopped complaining. This is the life God called me to. Do I have a different standard? Yeah. But God's breathing on it. And so if I fail, it's not God's fault. My fault. I'm not, if I'm not a good dad, it's not his fault. It's my fault. God's breathing on this. I mean, just look around you. God's breathing on this. We're in the middle of a pandemic. What are y'all doing here? God's breathing on this. Because it's not about what I can do or could do. It's about what God has called me to do. So I want to ask you this. Who are you holding up? Remember, God doesn't just call you for you. He calls you because it's his purpose. And when he calls you, it's not just about what you do. It's about who you do it with and for. When you say no to the call of God, you're holding somebody up. Who's held up? because you won't say yes to God. And why are you not saying yes to God? Is it because of your insecurities? Oh man, we've all got insecurities. Oh man, we've all got parts of our life where we're just like, I, I can't, I can't. Oh man, lean into that. For where you are weak, there you will be made strong. Some of the most arrogant people I've ever met in my life are actually insecure people. Because arrogance is actually insecurity dressed up like confidence. It's a fact. So don't, don't live in your insecurity. Is it, is it your past? Are you not saying yes to God because of your, past, your sin? Your failures? Moses didn't discover calling until he killed somebody. The two most famous people in the entire Bible other than Jesus, Moses and the Apostle Paul. They had a rap sheet longer than anybody in this room probably. Moses killed a guy and buried the body. When was the last time you did that? Don't tell anybody. There's police officers in here. Paul, the artist formerly known as Saul, was responsible for the beating and imprisonment and death of dozens of Christians. Yet these two are the most famous people in Scripture other than Jesus. I just want you to know today that God is not holding your past against you. He's not, so stop holding it against yourself. If God is willing to put it under the blood and give you a calling and give you a purpose and give you your freedom, then go ahead and say yes. Because not only what God has called you to is freedom for other people, it's freedom for you. 
It's freedom to live in the call of God. It's freedom to live in not my will, but thine be done. And you really only discover the unknown self when you stop living in your will and you say yes to his will. Hallelujah. This isn't the end of this conversation. We're going to be talking about this for a minute, but I thought I would start here. I just... I just want you to get to the place where you're willing to look at God and say, in spite of my failures, in spite of my insecurities, in spite of my, my inability, in spite of my, in, in uh, what, what, what is that word? My uh, uh, inability and then my uh, inexperience, my inexperience. See, I'm inexperienced with the English language. I need help, but I'm still up here today. In spite of all of that, forgetting words getting older and my knee hurts this morning in spite of all of that God is still calling me is there anybody in the room who just wants to throw your hands up in the air and say yes God yes I yes God yes I'm willing I might not feel ready but you you're calling me I might not know exactly what it's to right now but I know what it does I just want you to know from me God it's, it's yes. It's yes. I'll follow. I'll go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go to who you want me to go to. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. If, if, if all you want me to do is go to my kids. I'm going to my kids. If all you want me to do tomorrow is just go to my job, be an influence on my job, I'm going to my job. Wherever you want me to go, whoever you have called me to, I say yes. In the name of Jesus. And everybody in the room said amen. Amen. Come on, is anyone, anyone thankful for the call? Call of God on your life. You need to look at your neighbor right now and just tell him, I'm called. I'm called. He's calling me, and he's called me to great things. He's called me to things that I don't even know about me yet. I'm called, man. I'm called. For some of you, you need to receive that call out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You need to say yes to Jesus for salvation. Well, all of you, will you bow your heads in this room today? And I want to ask you, if you're here today and you have not said yes to Jesus, not in the sense of yes to him calling you to a purpose, but yes to him calling you to himself. Or maybe you're here today and you've been running away, maybe physically, maybe just mentally, maybe, maybe you, you haven't felt the presence of God in forever and church is a duty and reading the Bible is it, but you today, you want to you want to come out of that dark space and into his marvelous light. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I just want you to throw your hand up in the air. And we're going to pray a prayer with you. And believe in this moment that God is going to change your life forever. Okay? So one, two, three. Throw that hand up in the air if that's you. I see you here. Anyone else? I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you back there. I see you here, ma'am. I see you over here, sir. Come on. Just throw that hand up in the air if that's you. I'm saying yes. I'm coming out of darkness. I'm coming into the light of Jesus. Hallelujah. I see you. 
Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Everybody in the room, dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you gave your life for me. I give you my life. Take it all. Use me. I repent of my sins. I confess you as Lord. I'm following you, Jesus, all the way. Even when I don't understand, even when I can't see, I'm following you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, what, a, what an awesome moment from darkness into light. That's amazing. Well, we love you. Thank you for being here today. And if you raise your hand, we'd love to connect with you. You can, you can uh, come to the front. We'd love to talk to you. You can go out into the hub. We'd love to talk to you. Or you can text the word decision to that same number, 423-443-4339, and we'd love to connect with you. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. I'm going to ask everybody to go out these first, uh, these exits up front and this one in the back and out to the left if you would. Thank you for being here. Also, you can give if you want. The buckets are up front. Sorry, ushers. <laughs>